This, this is the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons, and brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. It's Miller time. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Luke Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com, make your crypto play today. Buffalo Wild Wings. And by Omni. Omni Hotels and Resorts, the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Victory Monday! Now, your hosts, Nicole Hutchison and Brad Sham. Actually, Christy Scales filling in today. Brad's a little uh, under the weather, but I'm Dallas Cowboy Radio Sideline. Oh, thank, thank you for that standing ovation. Everyone, please take your seats. I'm Cowboys Radio sideline reporter Christy Scales, uh, Nicole Hutchison yes. uh, as co-host. We are so thrilled to welcome. We think the cow- first Cowboy rookie of yes, the season. Yes, our first so, Cowboys so rookie. Okay, let's go. Please welcome Demarvian Overshone. <laughs> we are at Sidecar Social here at the beautiful Star in Frisco. If you come to Sidecar Social, you'll find us between the ski ball and the Papa shot. <laughs> but we are delighted that you are here tonight because uh, as soon as this young man joined the team and the first time that the media spoke with him, we thought, oh, we have a jewel here. And he, uh, you're so well spoken, and we can't wait for you to share uh, your journey of how you got to the Dallas Cowboys and uh, we'll have some fun we'll talk some X's and O's as well but Nicole's going to start us off with the questions yeah I mean she's kind of started off right where I wanted to start off a lot of people um, had great things to say about you um, sorry I can barely hear through here but uh, no I mean a lot of things had a lot of people had great things to say about you and I hadn't met you yet uh, where does that kind of energy that aura come from for you just how I was raised. <laughs> I, I mean, if you ask me, my mom, my siblings, my, my grandma, just how they raised me as, as a person and I, how I seen them in this world and, and uh, treat others, mm-hmm. that's just always been me. And I've always been that, that type of person that I want to give off what, what I want in return. So if, I, if I'm going somewhere and I'm, I'm happy, I'm giving off good vibes, then you know, that's, that's coming from other people. And when yeah. there's good vibes everywhere, then, you know, it's nothing but ha- happiness and, and, and positive, uh, positive around. So uh, that's one reason why I'm the way I am. Yeah. You, have you been able to be around the locker room now that, you know, we'll get to, of course, your journey and things like that. But have you been around the locker room lately? Oh, all the time. Yeah. I feel like that's been my number one job since, you know, going down at, uh, the, the preseason game, just staying around the guys. Uh, keeping this energy uh, inside the locker room. Yeah. That's one of the most exciting things I can do, just go in there knowing I'm going to do my rehab and I'm seeing these guys coming in from meetings and practice and, you know, I'm high-fiving them. We talking about the game. I'm I'm telling them how I seen them act after one play. I'm like, man, why you didn't celebrate? <laughs> why you didn't flex on them or something? Uh, so just keeping that throughout the locker room and uh, staying around knowing that, I'm going to be with, back with them guys uh, sooner than later. Yeah, so the knee injury, that was the second preseason game. That was the road one that's in Seattle. Ironically, we play uh, Seattle this uh, week on Thursday night. But when you talk about the rehab, what is that process like? Oh, it's uh, one of those things that you got to take one day at a time. And uh, it's not a good thing, but I didn't I didn't dealt with a, a knee injury before. And I know kind of like the do's and the don'ts, uh, whereas – the positive mindset is going to get you way further than, you know, 
how hard you rehab. You know, you can rehab as hard as you want. You know, your knee is only going to get as better as it can. But if you stick that positive mindset inside you and, and get that flowing, then that heals the body, I feel like, 10 times faster. And I feel like that's why I was able to start moving around quicker than, you know, normal. And uh, that's why I feel like now today with the guys that I train and, and rehab with, us just coming in there and, you know, competing and, and having fun with it, it, it brings – it brings us to life like we still feel like we are part of something and like we still have mistletoes and goals that we check off each each week just like we would be doing in the season so uh just things like that uh keeps this going and, and keeps this process you know easy and you know still feeling like you're a part of something so what what would a typical day lo uh, look like um let's say it's a wednesday or thursday of a regular sunday to sunday schedule well like what time do you get there in the morning and are you working directly with Britt brown already the director of rehab so i actually start with uh brit tomorrow so we oh good uh, luck with that <laughs> hey <come laughs> no he's great he's, first first he's, day he's on the field the best in the business first day on the field i get to put cleats on since awesome. since that day so you know that's another goal that you know, I get to check off and, you know, you just feel feel excited again just because you're on the football again, uh, football field again. But our normal days, we really get there around 8, 8 or 9, usually an hour before, you know, the guys just plan, get in, uh, get, get warmed up, get warmed up, and then we'll do another hour of uh, just rehab and lower body, you know, getting the knees right. But after that, we'll go work out and – you know, me and, and our group, we're, we're out the way. So, you know, they, they relax on us right now. We, we go in sneaking meetings here and there, you know, just to be around. But we go in, get some hard work in. And now tomorrow we'll start the next phase of now we on the field and now we, we moving around in cleats a little bit with Britt. So uh, I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. Yeah, it's a real milestone, truly, it in is, your recovery. Yeah, so DeMarvion Overshone, the Cowboy linebackers, our guest on uh, the Cowboy Hour. And I, I promise we're not going to dwell on injuries because <laughs> we're going to talk about some real fun, positive things. But I do have one more question, and that is, in one of the times that you spoke with the media after the injury, and you talked about using the story of your recovery as a testimony mm -hmm. to others. And I know that it's so early in the process, but so far, what's your testimony? The fact that if you get up every day with a smile on your face, you know, it's nothing can take your happiness and your, your joy away. As far as like football is the game I love. Football, it makes me feel alive. Like I, I do miss the feeling of, you know, that, that three to four seconds where nothing else in, in the world matters. But at the same time, you get to come into training uh, rehab and and you can put yourself in those those same positions and just telling people and uh, letting them know that you know it's it's good out of everything mm -hmm. and I, I can say right now I'm, I'm reaping the benefits of you know not being on the football field and that's you know building my brand uh, off the field that's you know getting to come home to my my son that I didn't get to while I was you know, preparing for the combine and uh, getting to be around my family more, getting to take those steps that you, you're not able to do when you're so focused during the season. So now when I come back as a second year, I done got a taste of the football. I know I can play football. I know I can do that. But now I got all the other stuff off the field that as a rookie you probably don't see that you need and just all that coming together right now. So 
that's my testimony right now that no matter no matter what circumstance, no matter what situation you in, it's a good out of it. Yeah, I love what you said about that three or four seconds where everything is blocked out. <laughs> I assume that you mean a single play, all right? What does that feel? I mean, do you hear the crowd or you're so, I mean, you've been, you know, looking at the formations and trying to diagnose things pre-snap, but those three to four seconds, what does that feel like? What do you hear or see? You hear stuff, but you're so locked in that it don't matter. Everything sounds the same. You can, somebody can be yelling this, somebody can be yelling that. The stadium can be rocking, but everything sounds the same. And you're locked into your key, your one thing, that your assignment for that play. And when I say that when a ball is snapped, like, during that moment, it's just like nothing else matters. Just do my, I'm doing my job. I'm going to do whatever it takes to, you know, make this a, a plus play for me. So that feeling, you know, I actually – have fun at the house every now and then, and you know I do some. I drop a paper towel and I like catch it quick or something, <laughs> and I just celebrate stuff like that because I see that as a small victory. I walk around the house, oh, I still got it, I still got <laughs> it. You know, I'm, I'm ready to get back on the field. So just things like that. It's it's those type of feelings that you get to feel that 60, 70 times a game, and you know you you just don't feel that unless you're in that moment. How hard is it to stay so just dialed in? Because like Christy said, the crowd can sometimes be overwhelming. Uh, when, you, when you rep something so much so often and you've been doing something for so long, uh, I think it's just at this point like natural instinct to just lock in like everything don't even matter no more. You've been doing it for so long. And uh, that's one thing as uh, – as a football player, to me, I see like some people really don't don't get the feel of that and the like. So you know, you can you can explain it to them or any athlete like when you're doing something and you're so locked in in the moment that you know nothing else going around you even even makes sense because you're not even paying attention to it. It's just going on and you, you're expecting something to already be done when you get there. So it's just watching things play out in front of you and. Uh, just repping it constantly and constantly and just seeing it fold out. Uh, it's just a feeling that you, you can't feel doing anything else. Now, I don't want to harp on the injury, but I just had one quick question about, like, the recovery. Now, I heard that, I guess, your diet plays a big part in, you know, the inflammation possibility. Um, if you don't, I guess, control it. Is, is that kind of true? Have you had to adjust a new diet? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, first, after surgery, really after surgery is when it's, like, real important to eat the right things because of inflammation and stuff like that. So definitely after that, I'm not, I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm a picky eater. <laughs> and, and I usually don't blame my mom for stuff, but I blame my mom for this. What, because she babied no. you all the time? You, like, you would only eat macaroni and cheese or something like <laughs> and that? She and she would give in to and you? She, <laughs> and she did, and she did. Ain't nothing wrong with that, ain't nothing wrong with it. And it, I'm, I'm paying for it now, I'm getting better, <laughs> but I'm paying for it right now, and it was, See, me and my, my siblings, we was all, we eat different stuff. And my mom was like, I'm going to make sure my babies eat. So she fixing different stuff. So now, now I got to learn to eat vegetables and, and do all that stuff. Like, at this age, at this big age, like, I shouldn't be learning how to eat vegetables. <laughs> Our guest tonight on the Cowboys Hour is the ultimate mama's boy, DeMarvion Overshone. We are at Sidecar Social at the Star in Frisco, the Miller-like Cowboy Hour. We'll be back right after this.
5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. Three, device. 5G two, one. Live. You for details. Back, back, back. To the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. Supported by Albertson. And welcome back into Cowboys Hour. Nicole Hutchison alongside Christy Scales, the one and only, and the one and only, DeMarvion Overshone. This is the quietest, honestly, that this crowd has been all season long while a guy has been talking. So I'm not much. They, they love yeah, to hear you. what you got to say. They Hanging on every word. Hanging literally. on every word. But this segment is brought to you by Lucchese, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. And Christy has a yeah, cool story. Yeah, there's something cool that's happening. Randy Steele with uh, Lucchese. They're out at the stadium tonight. The Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders are having a rehearsal. But um, Randy has brought brand new Lucchese boots for all of the Dow Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders because they do something every year called My Cause, My Boots. And it's like what the players do with My Cause, My Cleats. So um, the Lucchese boots that the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders wear are all white and on the, there's a white star on it. Well, if you're at the game uh, at AT&T Stadium on Thursday night or if you're watching on TV, when they show the cheerleaders on the sideline, you might see different colors, uh, stars on those boots. And so the colors match the cause of the cheerleaders. Hmm. So it might be pink if it's breast cancer awareness. It might be green for mental health. might be a paw print for uh, pets and the like. So thanks to Randy and the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders for using their boots to help with some, some great causes. Yeah, so. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys do a lot of great things, especially like the Salvation Army. Um, and then I know they have they visit hospitals, right? Oh, am sure. I, am I wrong? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, DeMarvin, what we want to know yeah. is – after seeing Turpin get dumped into the Salvation Army kettle uh, Thanksgiving Day and then uh, Deron Bland placed in it by teammates, have you planned out your kettle celebration for next Thanksgiving when you get your own pick six or fumble return? To be honest, I thought about it. I did. Mm -hmm. And I said, I think I'm going to get in there and I'm going to do the cotton patch. <laughs> do the cotton patch around the whole whole thing. And maybe they can, like, shake the – Shake the salvation thing while I'm doing it. So I love that. That's have you been practicing idea. that? You I been have. practicing? I told myself it's like the defensive player get the touchdown. I should tell him to do the, <laughs> do the cotton patch. Uh, our guest is Demarvian Overshone, the Cowboys linebacker. And when you came to the Cowboys in the third round, you already had a built-in fan base, not only for all of the University of Texas Longhorns fans, but being one of us from the Lone Star State, a native Texan from East Texas. What do we need to know about ARP Texas mm. and their um, fervor for the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, the, the community is one of the strongest I've ever been in. And uh, when they support you, they support you. It's, it's a family uh, from as soon as you walk into to ARP to the, the minute you walk out. It's, it's family, nothing but love. And you're going to go there and you're just going to feel like you're, you're one of them. We, we accept you know, outsiders, because we, we love to, uh, you know, fellowship with, with others. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of our whole, our whole thing. And, you know, small town, small country town, but you're going to get that, the big love, and you're going to always feel like a, a piece of you, uh, a piece of ARP is always with you, just how, how much support you get from them. And it's, and it's nonstop. It's not when I went to Texas and, you know, I came to Dallas, it stopped. It's not even when I was training for the combine, it stopped. And when I came to Dallas, it's from when I got there to till now. And uh, I know that's how it's going to forever be. So my, my heart uh, is always there. 
getting that love from that small town environment because I'm from Houston, so like it's big city. You don't really get that same type of like genuine love, you know. So how is it for you, and how's it kind of like translated over for you as you've gotten to the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, it helps me because it yeah. it allows me to always think back to you know. I've, I've been in smaller situations. I've felt love. So now that I'm in the bigger city, when I went to Austin or, or came here, I, I don't need all the, I can deal with, you know, Bill on the internet hating on me. <laughs> I, can, I can deal with that. I don't need all that love because I know back home that, that love is stronger than any, any other. So I get to go out there knowing that no matter what happens, no matter how I perform, I'm going to come, come off the field with text message and, and mm-hmm. Facebook posts full of love. So uh, that allows me to go out there and put on uh, for my city. Mm-hmm. Well, if, so ARP has less than 1,000 people. 2020 census, 892 <laughs> people. But so everybody, Wait, that's, everybody it? that's it, the whole town. So oh, it's wow. near Tyler, right? Wow. So, you know, not too far to get into a bigger city. But you talk about the love and stuff, but when everybody knows you, and there's no like real anonymity. Yeah, you get the love, but do you feel like you have any added pressure on you because mm. people are rooting so hard for you and you obviously were a star in high school and junior yeah. high before that. And then, oh, DeMarvion made it to University of Texas and then you know everybody's pulling for you. Do, do you kind of feel like you're having to represent everyone or put, have to put some more pressure on yourself? Mm. Uh, to be honest, I, I do, but I, I don't feel like it's, it's a bad pressure. It's a, I want to do good. So I know they're going to be proud of me, but I just want to, I want to do good anyways. I want to, I want to go out there and, and give my best anyways. So uh, it's a good pressure. And I always thought that having that pressure, it's a, it's an honor. It's something that I, I don't take for granted because I've wanted to be in this situation. I've been, I've been that kid that looked up to somebody that like, man, like, I'm counting on him to make this play. Like I'm counting on him to, to go here and, and perform and do good and be talked about. So the fact that I get to be that person for the generations coming up, the uh, peop- the kids in East Texas, I love that. Like I, I wouldn't want to be in a, in a different position. What comes with that is, like you said, you used to be that kid that looked up to someone who made it out. But when you have, you know, kids that look up to you, how hard is it? to kind of maintain that, I don't want to say like image, but also being that role model that you know you should be? Uh, it's not easy, but uh, it's something that I feel like I've been doing for so long that it just comes natural. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a human and you know, I've made mistakes and I'm going to make mistakes. So you know, it's just something that you got to go about your day just, just living your truth. It's nothing like, okay, I ain't got to pretend to be this dude. Just be who you are. And then, and then everything else just comes with it. Yeah, our guest is DeMarvion Overshone, the Cowboys linebacker and University of Texas star. And Jerry Jones loves to tell the story <laughs> that drafting you in the third round, that the Jones family and Cowboys scouting had um, advanced scouting on you because you played at University of Texas with Paxton Anderson. That's uh, Jerry's grandson and Charlotte's son. So uh, what what – what was that like with him, and did you already have kind of a link with the Cowboys because of Paxton? Uh, sadly, I didn't. You know, I, I nudge him every now and then and be like, man, <laughs> it will show be be nice to play linebacker for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, mm-hmm. DQ, I actually seen him come to Texas. Uh, he think he done like a coach's 
seminar or something. It was like at a spring practice, and he came and watched. And it was just whispers that he was at practice. So I'm already thinking, like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm definitely going to show out at this practice, like DQ here. But uh, it, I was always messing around with uh, Paxton. Uh, he was a great, great friend. He was my locker buddy. We was the locker mates for the last two years of my career. So every time we see each other, we locker buddies. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, no, he's a good dude. He's, he's a real good dude. Uh, you can tell he comes from a good family. Like, even when he got there, he, it was nothing but hard work. It wasn't necessarily Jones' grandson. It was Paxton Anderson. Mm -hmm. And so uh, our friendship built over the years while I was there. And, you know, I, I love to see what they're doing now. Uh, got to see them last week. Versus uh, uh, Texas Tech, so I'm excited for him this week. And just that relationship, I, I wish it would have been one of those. Hey, tell your, your, your grandpa. Tell grandpa, grandpa, yeah. But it, it, it wasn't. It was just a, a genuine friendship that was built over time. Now, were you a Dallas Cowboys fan? I mean, of course, I'm assuming that you were, but were you a Dallas Cowboys fan? I'm going to I want to actually know that. Okay, so growing up, I was just a, a football fan. I was, okay. uh, my family was – Cowboys, like, I wasn't escaping it. So I knew, like, <laughs> I'm a, I want to play for the Dallas Cowboys yeah. one day. So uh, to be honest, I, I definitely didn't think it was going to be draft day. I thought it was going to be, mm. okay, I'm going to have to take a pay cut one of these years, come second contract, and just sign with Dallas. They're going to need a linebacker one day. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy it, fell, it happened like it did. Uh, I was – Definitely wasn't expecting. I was like, man, it's no, it's no way. Like, a kid from Texas, yeah. play at Texas, and then for the Cowboys, like, it, it don't happen. Uh, and I was actually told that I was getting drafted somewhere else that night, and they end up having a lot of draft picks. So it was, it, it was kind of yeah. made sense. But, you know, that, that Frisco area code popped up, and yeah. like I said, it was, a, it was a feeling that I'll never forget. It was, yeah. Did your agent tell you that you thought – that he thought you were going somewhere else? My agent actually told me he thought uh, the Texans had called him day oh, two. Wow. They had, wow. uh, I believe, four draft picks. Uh, and they had said that we're, we're going to draft you. So that whole night, every time Houston came up, I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, here you go. Here we here go. go. Here we go. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that call never came. Are, I'm are, glad that call Are never there came. even words to describe the feeling of when you get that call? It's not. And people ask me, like, how was, how was I going to react? And, you know, are you going to cry? Are you going to cry? In that moment, like, the emotions just ran through me. It wasn't anything that I can do or I can control. It just happened. So uh, I did shed tears because it was one of those, like, man, this is a dream. Like, like everything is playing out. Like, like this is exactly what I prayed for. Mm -hmm. Like, this moment. Like, I, I seen this moment happen. Like, everything that you know, I dreamed of when I was a kid that, you know, every step wasn't the, the step that I thought it was going to be, but it was one of those that I seen myself, like, I seen this happen. It didn't happen exactly like this, but I seen that this was going to happen. So, you know, the tears just instantly just came rolling down my face, and you, it was something that I, I know I'll never feel again. So I, I just hold on to that moment. For you so far, what's it been like being a part of this Dallas Cowboys franchise? I say, but if I would have went anywhere else, I feel like it would have been, if not barely bigger or same as it's Texas, as far as like the brand. But the fact that I came to the Dallas Cowboys, like that's the only thing that's times ten Texas. That's the only thing that would have topped Texas, and like the love and 
and the fan base, the support, the team, the the family that Jerry Jones had just put in that facility as far like from him down, like it's just family and you feel it just walking throughout the facility at breakfast, at lunch, just family and like I said, that's what I grew up on, just being around family and knowing like family, family. So the fact that I got drafted it drafted into an organization that's all about family, I feel like it's it's not a better spot that God would have put me in. DeMarvion Overshone, Cowboys linebacker, is our guest on the Cowboy Hour, presented by Miller Lite. We are at Sidecar Social here at the Star in Frisco, and we'll hear more from DeMarvion after this. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. To the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albert. Right, it's a Bob. Sorry. Welcome back into Cowboys Hour. Nicole Hutchinson alongside Christy Scales and 
Cowboys linebacker DeMarvin Overshone. And this segment is brought to you by Albertsons. When it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. We save so much money <laughs> uh, shopping for Thanksgiving that, food we do. Yeah. wearing the Cowboy jersey. Yeah. I give my husband the dark blue 52 Dexter Coakley jersey. He was a linebacker, by hmm. the way. I, but I have a question for you, DeMarvian, when it comes to Cowboys jerseys. And this was sent in <laughs> from Cowboy fan Al in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He's tough. If you're a Cowboy fan in Philadelphia, oh. he says, DeMarvian, I want to buy one of your Cowboys jerseys, but no, young players sometimes change their numbers in the offseason. Are you going to stay number 35, or will you try to change your number next year? I know you were zero with the Longhorns. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try so hard. I definitely want zero. Uh, I've been hearing speculations, uh, so I'm definitely trying hard to get it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't cash out on 35 jersey yet. And well, you know, it, I kind of laugh about it. Um, Kevontae Turpin, so not this year, last year, his rookie season, he came, uh, joined the team halfway through training camp, and he was wearing number two. And then once he made the final roster, he changed his number to number nine. Well, some friends of ours uh, had already bought Kevontae Turpin jerseys for number two. <laughs> they special ordered them and got them autographed at that final preseason game. And you would think that they would be sad that now it's not the right number, but I would say that that is definitely a collectible, oh, a yeah. number two autographed Kevontae Turpin jersey. So for sure. I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty dope. Uh, you want to get your number zero. How, I want it. Are, are you starting to already pitch a case for that, make a case for that? I felt like uh, <laughs> kind of during training camp I was. Yeah. Uh, I got I got to do a little bit of a, a taste test in, in preseason. So uh, coming into the spring and uh, mini camp and then training camp, hopefully I get another chance to earn zero again. So that's definitely what I'm shooting for. Uh, but 35, I'm, I'm rocking with it right yeah. now. It's, I think it's it looks looking good. good. No, that's a good look on a yeah. jersey because there's some numbers are not flattering. It's looking good. Yeah. I, I'm feeling good in it too. That's all that matters. So, I'm feeling good in it. So was it Mike McCord and or Bucky Buchanan from the Cowboys equipment staff that uh, that gave you 35 or did you have any choice in it? It was Mike. He hit me up uh, actually on draft day and he told me, he was like, well, Demo, you know, Mike is a Texas guy too. Like, Demo, we can't get you zero right now. You know, Jerry don't want anybody in it right now. But, you know, things happen, and, you know, you can possibly have a chance at it next year. So, I was – I picked 35 out of some numbers. Mm -hmm. uh, but it works. You know, I actually put together – I was brought up on uh, 135. And it's actually – the Interstate 35 is from Texas to, exactly. to here. So, yeah. I'm putting the 35 oh, wow. together. I love it, that. It looks mm. good. It makes. It feels good. Yeah. yeah. So rookies, mm. like we say, and, and Demarvian's a third-round pick. So you had a lot more say than the rookie free agents, whose yeah. numbers are really what's left. But uh, are there interesting? We're not. We don't have hazing anymore because <laughs> in the old days the rookies would be put through some stuff from the veterans. But are there some rookie rituals that are expected of you? Uh, so, yes, when we first got here, even before we even got, like, our first paycheck, uh, we had to go get a lot of groceries for, like, the rooms for mini camp. The vets was coming. We had already rookies was there, and the vets was coming in the following week. So we had to make sure, like, the rooms was filled with snacks. And uh, so 
that was really the only big grocery bills I got. But then we also got this thing where before uh, plane rides or, you know, on the way to get back on the plane, some vets decide that they're hungry. And, oh, yeah. and it's the rookie's <laughs> job to, to get the order. So sometimes you do get some complicated orders and you got to make phone calls to, to Popeye's, for instance. Uh, I was actually, before the Seattle game, I had to run to Popeye's for seven different people. And when seven, <laughs> seven different linebackers put in their order, it's not the easiest thing. Yeah, because they're, they're trying to make it complicated for you. And then, and then I'm walking by with like three grocery bags of Popeye's. And then I got to find some nice person to, to carry the drinks for me. So, Yeah, no, th this is a thing. Sheesh. This is a common thing. I'm 33 years I've been riding on the Cowboy Team Charter, and it's been that way a long time. They, American Airlines crew, they do all this great food. But then here are the rookies hauling down the aisles. It doesn't matter if it's like hero sandwiches or, you know, wing stop, whatever. Mm. Did you hear any horror stories about other guys having to do like rookie, having rookie bills at dinner or anything like that? Before? So I, I have heard of some pretty crazy bills. Mm. Uh, I think Layden told me about his rookie year. Uh, first rounders, they get they get done the worst. They would get done the worst. Uh, but Damone Clark, actually, he was one of the ones that he was never into it. He was like, hey, Demo, if you, can, if you don't say nothing, they not going, you know, they ain't going to tell you nothing about it. So he kind of told me the ropes. I think he probably got away with maybe one, one bill or something last year. But he was really big on if you don't say nothing, they ain't going to make you pay for nothing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing that's interesting about your rookie class and then last year's, and this is, um, isn't just an observation, it's something that I've talked to Will McClay, um, personnel director, about, is coming out of COVID, there are a lot of players that got an extra year. So you were five years at University of Texas, and there's some players who maybe had redshirt, but also had maybe like a medical redshirt season. So they're in college for like six years. And so when they come to the NFL, they're more mature. They've had more time to develop their skills. You know, um, hopefully they're getting good mm -hmm. coaching there in college. But um, what do you think about? Do you see that as a as a positive? I I did, uh, especially for me, because I knew how I know how much that fifth year helped me get to where I am now. Uh, it's definitely it's definitely different nowadays, especially with uh, NIL. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's now a pitch to get those players to come back and like develop. And you see, now you're seeing guys in front of you stay for fourth and fifth years uh, because of that. Uh, so it's definitely one of those things where you're gonna see a lot of players coming in ready to play more often just because they stayed that, that fourth, that fifth year and, and develop because it actually helps, you know, that red shirt year. That's why I didn't red shirt, but that COVID year was kind of like, okay, an extra year, so I got to take that extra development year. And uh, it helped me. So I definitely see like players coming in with that fourth, fifth year, sixth year under their belt. You're gonna see a lot of maybe six, seven undrafted guys playing just because they, they've right. been developed. The extra time that you got to develop gave you some time to play like edge rusher, mm -hmm. linebacker, play kind of everywhere. How much does that give you, how much more experience does that give you when it comes down to you now in the NFL? Uh, I actually started in the back end. Mm -hmm. So I got to see everything from the line of scrimmage to playing behind everybody to being in the middle. 
So just tying it all together, it actually helped me in the long run and actually was able to be able to put myself in uh, more positions, allow myself to uh, be more versatile uh, by staying there and developing in different things. So not only was I becoming a better linebacker, but I was becoming a better edge rusher at the time because I was playing edge a little bit. And I was becoming a better coverage guy because I played safety, so they would you know, let me go over there and get different man techniques with the safeties and the DBs. Uh, Two-part yeah. question, and the first one is, um, with the defense, with their scheme and style, how well did it suit your skill set? And the second part of it is, Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator, is well known for kind of changing things, you know, making something specific for you. So, so when you first came in, how did your skill set fit the defense? And then once Dan had you for a while through training camp and the off season, was it already starting to change? When I first came in, uh, I kind of felt like they already knew what I was going to bring to the defense. So they put me in like one of the things that I wasn't as comfortable in. So when I first came in as minicamp, they gave me the green dot. And so they put me in command of all the calls. So when I was there, I'm calling, uh, making calls. And uh, I, I knew, I kind of already knew DQ defense was a, okay, we got guys that's going to fly around and, and get after the ball. So me, I felt like, oh, that's perfect for me. Because if they running from this guy, then they, they either running to me or they running away from me too. And if I'm racing to, to the ball, then I'm getting a lot of tackles that game. Yeah. Uh, so definitely just being a, a part of this defense and, you know, being under DQ and him allowing me to, you know, start doing other stuff in training camp as far as, you know, line up at the mic and line up at the dime and, you know, play, play big safety a little bit in, uh, in goal line situations and deep situations. So uh, the fact that I was able to come in and get command of a huddle so fast, mm -hmm. I felt like they gave him a lot of confidence in me, confident in me to go out there uh, during training camp and, you know, just fly around. Follow-up question on the green dot. What DeMarvian is referring to is uh, on defense, Three different players are designated each game with the green dot helmet. Only one can be on the field at a time. But the green dot helmet, if you ever see that on TV or you're at AT&T Stadium and it zooms in, you can see the green dot. That means that it's the radio receiver in the helmet. So that player, is, and it, it's been Malik Hooker, mm -hmm. uh, J. Ron Curse, and then Leighton Vander Esch early in the season. They're getting the defensive play call directly from coordinator Dan Quinn up in the booth. So what happened this past week is with J. Ron missing the game on Thanksgiving Day because of the back injury, Marquis Bell, for, I don't think that he had to do it during the game, but he was one of the three players given the green dot. And I thought to myself, yeah. this bodes well for, Mar for Marquis, who's already having a great season, mm -hmm. but for Dan to trust a guy to do that. A am I on the right wavelength here? You definitely <laughs> are. Uh, I feel like, DQ, he, if he puts you out there, then he, he trusts you. I feel like it's any, some more guys he, he could give it to, but the fact that he gave it to Marquise Bell, a guy that's played multiple positions on the defense that, you know, that could command the huddle. You see him go out there, you know, making plays all the time, you know, getting guys lined up, getting guys riled up, a uh, guy that command the huddle, uh, command the huddle if need be. So uh, I definitely feel like that, that speaks a lot about Marquise Bell especially stepping, up, stepping in under the circumstances that he did, it speaks a lot about, about him. 
our guest, can, our oh, guest oh, on the yeah, Cowboy Hour is Cowboy linebacker DeMarvian Overshone. We are at Sidecar Social here at the Star in Frisco. And when we come back, we'll have some questions from the audience. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Cowboys. the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertson. Welcome back into Cowboys Hour. We've got DeMarvion Overshawn here, Nicole Hutchison, Christy Scales, and this segment is brought to you by Papa John's. It's big, it's good, and it's only for Cowboys fans. The Cowboys special from the Cowboys and Papa John's, a large one-topping pizza for only $9.99. Order today, better ingredients, better pizza. Papa John's, the official pizza of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not really... I love Papa John's. Yeah, I do too. Like a pepperoni pizza. That was one of the greatest days at training camp was mm. years ago in Oxnard when uh, when they 
introduced Papa John's as a sponsor. They had a press conference and stuff. Hmm. We had free pizza for a week, and it oh. was fantastic. Pretty awesome. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Uh, DeMarvion, uh, I, I want to start with this. I know you've obviously been around the team, um, and this defense has been. We're going to get to the fans in a second, so I just want to ask this one question. You've been around the team, been able to see this defense really come together, and they're playing at an all-time high right now. What have you enjoyed most about that linebacker room just coming along? Man, just seeing those guys fly around. Yeah. And, like, the standards we set during mm -hmm. training camp, seeing them all just play out throughout the season. Yeah. Like, being a unit that's being talked about. Like, we wasn't just going to be another unit on the defense. We wanted, you know, the D-line, they get talked about all the time. The safeties, they making – the DBs making plays all the time. Well, now you're talking about <laughs> Damone Clark and Marquise Bell yeah. and Leighton Vander Esch as well. So, uh, you know, we – that was big in training camp. And just seeing all that, that play out. I can't just – I can't wait to be excited. I mean, I'm excited to be a part of that again because uh, when I came in and it was one of the, you know, greatest compliments I, I could have ever received and it was just uh, Leighton Bender is telling me, like, you know, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad you came here because you brought another, another competitive spirit to this linebacker room, another energy to this linebacker room that, you know, in training camp is days after days where – two, three, four guys making plays out of the linebacker mm -hmm. group. So, you know, I felt like you know, that was something that I was able to contribute to, and I'm just ready to be a part of it again. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, hand it over for the fans. Good evening, Jamarian. How are you? I'm doing Wendy great. Rambo. So I know going to the NFL, that's a big wow factor. What has been your wow factor that nobody told you about that's been a big surprise for you? Uh, to be honest, I didn't know we was going to have this much free time. Uh, so really finding out how to, how to manage the free time with your work and uh, basically, you know, taking that free time and, and enjoying it, but at the same time making sure that you're taking care of your body, you know, you got your diet right, like all this takes into account because it's, this is so short term that, you know, in a split second, you're looking at a whole different situation. I done had friends already, you know, get cut and, and go to different teams and stuff like that. And uh, just hearing what they – it's just so so now, so fast that you got to turn things over. Even though you got so much free time, you got to be able to use all that to, to your benefit. How you doing, sir? Pleasure to meet you. Uh, my name is Tony. Uh, over the years, a lot of the great defensive head of personalities, uh, Dan Quinn and Seattle had his Legion of Doom. We've had our own Doomsday defense. Have you ever talked about uh, putting that together and being at the Legion of Doomsday? Ooh, uh, good one, Tony. Right, that is a good one. Trademark. <laughs> great question. Uh, I haven't been a part of those talks. I'm, I'm still new. I was kind of getting incorporated to the defense where – I would have loved to have like something like that, a name like that. I know it's, you can definitely call us something because we deserve we, the way them guys are balling. So uh, I definitely, that's a good question. We should definitely follow back on that. Well, you I know? think we can because yeah. uh, Virginia from Cowboys Pro Shop is here. And so uh, she can take that <laughs> note back with her. Uh, I think, I love that. Legion of Doomsday. <laughs> Fantastic. Next question, please, for DeMarvian. Yes, if it's uh, possible, I have two questions. But before mm -hmm. I go into that, uh, I think after this podcast is put out publicly, I think your agent's going to contact you and, and say that you're going to be a spokesperson for Popeyes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's okay, great. Okay, <laughs> I'm limited to just one question. So my question to you is that 
are you or any of the other players, when you get on the team, do you get so excited? Do you try to get autographs from all the players on the team? So that's a funny question because I've actually been feeling that. When I first got here, my first Cowboys jersey was a Micah Parsons jersey. And I've always thought the world of Micah. And uh, I haven't came to, to bring him the jersey yet to get it signed. So uh, I, I, know, I know how it is. I know he wouldn't mind. But it's just I definitely want to get that done. But I, I, I haven't yet. So DeMarvian Overshone, Cowboy linebacker, is our guest on the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour here at Sidecar Social. And I'd like to play um, a little game with you in its word association. So I'll say uh, a name, and then the first thing that pops in your mind, doesn't have to be a single word, but um, okay, Damone Clark. <laughs> oh man, I wasn't ready yet. DeMarvian's shaking his head. I was I wasn't ready yet. I was thought I was gonna get some words going through my mind. Okay, hold on. You gotta say Damone uh, Clark. Okay. okay. Uh word association, Damone Clark. Chill. Chill. Mm -hmm. Welcoming. Really? He's welcoming. He was very welcoming. Micah. Different. He's very different. <laughs> It's one of those like difference that like you can't tell what he's actually thinking right now because he keeps the same face. Mm. Deron Bland. Mm. Low key, like he's the like a silent assassin. Like he walks through the halls like he's not who he is. But it's always with a smile on his face. It is. Always it with is. a smile on always his face. Always with a smile on but his he, face. He just walks around like he's just not him. Mm. But yes. He's him. He's him. Uh, okay. Stefan. So, yeah, Stefan. It's Stefan. Gilmore. Yeah. Gilmore, yeah. Hmm. Relax, calm. He's he's always chill. Every time I see him, he's just in a chill matter. No matter what, he's just chill, cool. Mm -hmm. We know you're not in the offensive huddle, but Dak really, <laughs> Dak Prescott makes so much effort to uh, get close relationships with teammates. Yeah. So the next word association is Dak. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I was practicing that the other day. I heard him saying it then. We so need the impersonation like, right after that. I got that. you. I would go. What is it? What is it? Here we go. What is it? What is it? That's really very good. That was actually good. That's that was spot good. on. Right. Tony Pollard. Uh, another cool, like. He's a cool dude. I mean, he's one of those vets that's, you know, he's cool with the younger. He actually kick it with us in the uh, rookie locker room. Mm -hmm. CD. <laughs> flashy, but like a good okay. flashy. Like he, he's seen and it's like, it's a cool scene. Like, dang, CD, he got it going on. Okay. He got it, he that guy. Yeah. So collectively, <laughs> What is the mood in the locker room in terms of entering this toughest stretch of the season? Yeah, the Seattle Seahawks Thursday night, so technically the end of November, November 30th. But then you'll be entering what Coach McCarthy calls the final trimester mm -hmm. of the regular season. So what are you thinking and what are your teammates thinking? Oh, we thinking that, you know, if anybody got a shot to do it, it's us. The how we plan right now, I feel like if you ask me, you would want to be playing how the Dallas Cowboys playing right now. 
no matter who we playing against, but anybody that's being put in front of us, we're, we're eating them up right now. So uh, the locker room, the spirits are up. That, that winning mindset, that winning attitude is definitely in the locker room. Like you can tell that everybody walking through that building don't think we can win the rest of these games. Do you feel like this team is playing their best ball right now or is there still some more juice left in the tank? That's the crazy part. It's still more juice in the tank. It's still more juice in the tank. And like I say, we playing some of the best ball you can be playing right now as far as complimentary football. Like we're playing the best right now. Yeah, with complimentary football, uh, special teams being the, the third offense, defense, and special teams. John Fossil, I think he was the saddest person when you suffered the knee injury and he wasn't going to get to use you. But earlier in the hour, we asked you what it was like that three or four seconds at linebacker when, you're, when the ball is snapped and then you go to make the play. Is it different on special teams? It's longer if you're covering a punt or a kickoff. But that, that is not an easy job, but it's something that rookies are expected to do and you were going to be the star of special teams this year. Oh, yeah, my guy Bones. Oh, my guy Bones. <laughs> Even when I came on my 30 visit, he was so excited. And I was excited, too, uh, just watching his special teams and how he just uh, laid it out and said what we was going to be doing. But I feel like then special teams, that's where – that's where your dog's at. That's where, like, those guys that you can put out there and you can – we're asking you to whoop another man for eight to ten seconds, like, just to beat this dude. And, like, that's, that's what we do. We compete. And that's one of the most competitive times of the game because it's just mano y mano. It's nothing else. And it's, like, either my guy made the tackle and I didn't do my job or I keep my guy from, from touching the return. Or if I, I get to the tackle, I beat my block and get to the tackle. So that's true one-on-one, mano-a-mano competition. You said they have dogs on special teams. Sam Williams at Gunner. What did you make of that? Dog. I I knew it was coming. I I, I knew it was coming just seeing him uh, in training camp. So I'm not surprised to see him doing what he's doing to those poor corners at Gunner. Let's hear it for Cowboys linebacker DeMarvion Overshone, the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour on behalf of Nicole Hutchison, I'm Christy Scales. We are so glad that you joined us for this hour, and we look forward to seeing you next Monday. <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!